Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by his word. Jesus is the word, and the word for us uh, is light, it is life, it is direction, it is encouragement, it is comfort, it is correction, it is instruction, uh, it is uh, at times reproof and rebuke, but it always for our benefit always for our benefit. So I thank the Lord for his, his word. Uh, tonight, if you weren't here on Sunday morning, uh, I don't, don't want to repeat uh, Sunday morning, but just uh, we're talking about the Lord of the harvest and the advantage uh, that we have in the Holy Spirit. And uh, Jesus said in, in John chapter 16, he says, it is advantage it's advantageous for you. It is to your advantage that I go. And when I go, I will send the Holy Spirit. And uh, so we were talking about this advantage that we have as believers. The advantage of the Holy Spirit in our life. And um, so we, we talked about a number of different things. And um, I just w quickly want to go over this verse. It's it's uh, John chapter 16, verse 7, and uh, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So this helper, the Holy Spirit, would come to us. And so that's what happened once Jesus left the planet the Holy Spirit came within a, a very short time. But the Holy Spirit desires to be a part of our life. This word advantage is, it implies a coherence. And coherence is when two things that are alike attract. I, I gave the example of water on this uh, little table here. That's adherence, when that little ball of, of water uh, forms and it, it just sticks on the, the table here. That's called adherence. It's two different materials sticking together. Coherence is when you take another drop of water and you put it beside that piece or that little droplet of water, immediately becomes one. And so... This thing of advantage, it implies a coherence where two are with each other, intimately connected, and it goes so much further than just being in the same place with, say, a person. In this case, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit being beside you, it's the Holy Spirit within you. So we are made alive in the Holy Spirit. Um, this word, advantage, uh, is made up of two separate words, and this first part of it means this, or is this thing of being with or together, this coherence, very close. And then the second part has to do with carrying. And together, uh, it, it would be to bear or bring together at the same time to carry, to contribute in order to help, to be profitable for us, to be expedient or advantageous to us with the Holy Spirit. I talked about something um, in Ephesians. It talks about the grieving of the Holy Spirit. And I mentioned something on Sunday morning. Once again, if you weren't here, you, you'll definitely want to hear the story or the, the message. So, Check it out. But this aspect of uh, grieving the Holy Spirit, and there's a whole list of things that are given in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, the last part of the chapter. And oftentimes we think of grieving the Holy Spirit when we do or we don't do what we're supposed to or uh, when we do the things that we're not supposed to do and we grieve the Holy Spirit as a result of that. But I want you to consider another thing uh, in grieving the Holy Spirit, and that is this. 
that we grieve the Holy Spirit when we do things and the Holy Spirit is not just there beside us, is within us, desiring to help us to do the right things. Desiring to help us to do the right things and we're doing things on our own, sometimes out of ignorance, like, well, I got to try really hard to be uh, a, a really good person and I, so I, I try in my own strength. And, and even the list of things that are given in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, uh, the last 10 or so ch uh, verses, it's like, wow, I think I can do these things. And the Holy Spirit is saying, I want to help you to do the things that are good for you and especially good for others. And so um, I gave the example of, of, for instance, my wife and I, if I was going through something, and I didn't tell my wife that I was going through it, there would be a grieving. She would be grieved in that I'm doing it all on my own. Just, Dave, why didn't you tell me? You know, the least that I could have done is pray for you in this. I mentioned that sometimes people, uh, they'll be in the hospital, and, and I won't find out as a pastor. Sometimes it's till after the fact, and it's like, um, there's this thing, well, I don't want to bother pastor. I don't want to bother anybody. And that's how we, we are with the Holy Spirit. Well, you know what? i got to do this on my own. And we grieve the Holy Spirit that desires to help us. I gave uh, uh, one um, illustration, <clears throat> and I, uh, I'm going to give it right at the beginning, and I'll, I'll at the end, I'll, I'm going to expand a little bit on it. But I always wondered... <clears throat> about the Holy Spirit in our lives and the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I always wondered uh, th uh, theologically, biblically, where that was. And so I, I, uh, there was a few passages, especially 2 Corinthians uh, 1 verse 22, that really expanded uh, my view of, of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And uh, even in the Old Testament, there's this, this, um, this idea of there being portions of the Holy Spirit upon an individual. Let me just say this. In the Old Testament, uh, uh, this, the Spirit that was on Moses was divided amongst 70 elders that would help take care of uh, the, the two to three million people that Moses was, was leading out of Egypt and, and in, in the wilderness. And uh, so that the, the portion of the spirit that was on Moses was distributed amongst the 70. We get the same idea with uh, Elijah, and his uh, predecessor, or the one that sorry, the one that would come after him, and uh, we we recognize that Elisha desired a double portion of the spirit of God that was upon Elijah, and that's exactly what happened. He had a double portion of the spirit upon him, and we recognize, especially in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon individuals to help them do the work that the Lord would have them do. In the New Testament, we recognize something different. We recognize that Jesus had no limit to the Spirit of God upon him. He did everything. In fact, as soon as he began ministry, he began ministry with the Spirit coming upon him without measure. Without measure. There was not a limit to the Holy Spirit in Jesus' last three and a half years of his life. For us as, as believers, that is available to us as well. Today, I'm not going to be talking so much about that. I might, if I get to it with time, uh, I might talk about it at the end. Uh, but I want to just show you a picture of what happens when we are saved. We are basically, we are sealed we are sealed 
on the outside, and we are given a measure, a portion of the spirit that comes within us. And so that might be filled right to the brim. Lord, fill me to the brim. Uh, but there's a, the Holy Spirit is within us, and there's a seal of the Holy Spirit on the outside of us. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. And that happens the moment that, we, that you gave your life to Jesus Christ. And there's the Holy Spirit is within us and desires to help us. This is what I want to talk about today or continue to talk about today, the advantage that we have with the Holy Spirit and not limiting the Holy Spirit within us. So we can, as I mentioned earlier, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can limit the Holy Spirit and the work that the Holy Spirit wants to do to help us every single moment of every single day. And so, so often we do things on our own. But there's three things. Uh, when we come into the kingdom of God, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So as we repented, we confessed our sin, we turned from the direction we were heading in, and we turned to the Lord, or to God, and to the Lord, and we believed in the gospel. We, we entered into the kingdom of God. Romans 14, verse 17, uh, talks about the kingdom of God. It says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. I say, thank you, Lord. Righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The moment that you give your life to the Lord, you will have the righteousness, the joy, and the peace of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so, once again, um, I, I want to, around these three things, now I won't do them quite in the, the same order, but we'll talk about the righteousness and the bonuses of, of that in our life. The, uh, we're going to talk about the, the joy in the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about the peace in the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be going around John chapter 16 and from verse 8. So we finished verse 7 talking about the advantage of Jesus going and the Holy Spirit coming. And it says in verse 8, it says, And when he has come, that's the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, and of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So just a few things here. The Holy Spirit convicts the sinner of sin. So he will convict the world of sin. It is something that we need to uh, uh, convey to those that don't know the Lord, is what keeps us apart from the Lord. And it truly is, it is sin that has separated us from God. So even just one sin separates us from a holy God. And so there's a conviction of the, that the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit that convicts a person of their sin. And... It says here, and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. And so there's a conviction of the Holy Spirit in a person's life to convict them of where they are at positionally with God. And that's separated. In Ephesians 2, it talks about being dead in trespasses and sins. We once were dead in trespasses and sins, and it's sin that, that caused us to be apart from God, to be dead. Now, it says in verse 10, it says, of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. So the conviction of where we stand before God is a good thing. If To know that you are not in the right place, I think one of the worst things is to think that you're in a, in a good place and you're not. That's not a good place to be. But to have uh, this conviction. But it says here in verse 10, 
doesn't leave us in this thing of I'm part, apart from God and there's no solution. There is a solution. It says of righteousness to convict the world of righteousness or to let them know of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. Now, you might say, well, what does that mean? Because it sounds a little bit negative. But part of it has to do with the fact that Jesus came 2,000 years ago. If he's leaving, it means that he's, he's leaving from where he was on this planet. And there were things that were done while he was on this planet. In fact, where uh, they were the, the things that were necessary for us to have life. He says, because I go to my father. So the father sent his son for God's soul of the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, to have eternal life. And so the father gave his son and Jesus went to the cross for us that as we believe in him, the righteousness of Jesus can be upon us. And so he goes, you, he says, you will see me no more here on this earth the way he was 2,000 years ago. The next time we see him, even with their own eyes, it will be when he calls us to be with him, whether it is at the end of our life or whether it is when the trumpet sounds. And so my heart tonight is that each one of you will be in a position to be caught up to be with the Lord when the trumpet sounds or when your time here on earth is up, you will be caught up to be with the Lord and we will see the Lord again. It says of judgment, so he can fix the world of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Um, the fact that the, the legal right that Satan has to, con uh, to condemn us is according to God's word. So Satan has a legal right to condemn, to condemn the sinner because they're not right before God. Hey, God, you said the wages of sin is death. So there's a condemnation uh, by the enemy uh, to, to condemn those that have not placed their faith in Jesus Christ. And so there is this aspect of, of judgment uh, that is there against us, even Satan condemning us. Uh, and in fact, every time or at times when you, you slip and fall in sin, uh, the Holy Spirit may convict before that point. You're saying, hey, where there's this temptation and the Holy Spirit may be saying, hey, leave it. And the more that we move towards giving into temptation, oftentimes the louder the, the Holy Spirit is to have us turn. Don't do that. Don't do that. And even as we would press on to say, no, I'm going to sin, um, it is at that point oftentimes that the, the enemy will come and condemn. Uh, you call yourself a Christian? Look at what you just did. You're not, a, you're not a Christian. When we humble ourselves before the Lord and we get things right with the Lord, there's a beautiful thing of, of uh, restoration or even as we ask for forgiveness, the Lord, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I want to just go back to this aspect of righteousness. My advantage, the Holy Spirit and righteousness so the work of the, the, the Lord was completed when he went to the cross. He took our sins upon himself and he died for us. He was buried and he rose again and he's at the right hand of the Father. As we believe on Jesus Christ, righteousness is imputed upon us by faith. So imputed means to be put upon us, to be placed upon us. So there's this, this thing of being clothed and wrapped in righteousness. So Romans 3, 21, uh, verse, uh, I, I just want to, I want to read this, how that righteousness comes to be a part of our life. And it is truly, 
Let me just give you the answer to that, and then we'll read it so you can confirm that the righteousness of Jesus it comes upon us by the Holy Spirit as our faith is in Jesus Christ. So listen to how uh, three times, and it's very specific as to what our faith should be in and what happens as a result. It says in verse 21, But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. So the law and the prophets all pointed towards the righteousness of God being revealed apart from the law. So not by keeping the law. We're not righteous by us keeping the law. We can't keep the law. All of us have sinned. We have, we, we've messed up when it comes to the law. And the prophets were, were all pointing, the Old Testament prophets were all pointing to Jesus Christ. So the righteousness of God that comes apart from the law, not by the law, but apart from the law, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ, there it is, number, first of all, so the righteousness comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Verse 24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So he bought us, and there is grace. To be justified means to be made right with God, to be in right standing with God. So it comes by His grace. We don't deserve it. We can't work for it. It is just totally the grace of God because He loves us and the Son loves us, loves us and the Holy Spirit loves us. So it's by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus for what because of what He did. Whom God set forth as a propitiation, or this would be the thing, by His blood, through faith, there is a second time now, by His blood, through faith, so his blood had to be shed. He had to die. He had to be crucified and die on the cross. And by faith, to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance or patience, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. To demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus Christ. Three times now, it is by faith in Jesus Christ that we are put into a right standing with God. His righteousness is put upon us. So it's, so when God sees us, he sees not uh, our righteousness, which is like filthy rags, but he sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ on us. I say, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Um, in Romans chapter 4, it talks about uh, Abraham. And it talks about Abraham leaving his city, his, his relatives, his father, and, and, and the relatives. He left them just because God said, I want you to go. Where God had, can you imagine meeting up with God for the first time? And this is what, what happened to Abraham. And even as he met with God, there was this obedience to, uh, to follow him, to say, you will be the father of nations. He was 75 years of age at that time. His wife was 65 years of age at that time. She was way past childbearing years. Most women are finished childbearing uh, the latest already by the time you hit 40. Uh, it's, you're already, it's almost getting to the end of childbearing years. You might have some that might be in the 40s that they may still have a, ch a child. But basically, the, the, there is a limit and a time where it comes to an end. And Sarah was already way past childbearing years. She had not a single child. And yet, Abraham w left with his wife, to go to the promised land where God asked him to go. And he says, You're, he says um, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope and hope believed so that he became the father of many nations. 
according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be, that you will have descendants. And now, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. At that point, before, he, uh, before Isaac came, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb, she was 90, 89 years of age when she was pregnant. At, at 90, she gave birth at 90 years of age. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was that what God had promised, he he had uh, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness just because he believed. And the same thing with us as we believe in Jesus Christ and what he did for us. There is it is accounted us for righteousness. Now, it was written for his sake. It was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed or passed to one's account, to our account, like a like there's a, a bank account and it's put into our account. It's placed into our account. So verse 23, Romans 4, 23. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed, this righteousness but also for us, it shall be imputed or put into our spiritual bank account to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. So it is also imputed to us this righteousness through Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit, through Jesus Christ, being raised from the dead, the one who raised of Jesus from the dead was the Holy Spirit who was delivered up because of our offenses. Jesus was delivered to take all our offenses and he was raised because of our justification to be put into a right standing, to be as we ought to be before God in right standing with him. Praise God. So the judgment against us for every sin is taken care of as we believe in Jesus Christ and keep our faith there. Our faith needs to be in Jesus Christ. That's why Paul says, I was determined you would not know anything else but Jesus Christ and him crucified. If you don't remember anything, you don't. My faith is in Jesus Christ and what he did for me on the cross. It says the just shall live by faith. As Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God to salvation, first to the Jew and then to the Greek to the religious, to the intellectual, the, the supposed wise of this world, the same thing is available to them as to us. And we have right standing with God by faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. So the judgment, Jesus took our judgment on the cross. He took all our sins on the cross. And that's why it is so critical that we receive Christ into our life. We receive the Holy Spirit. And so what happens is then, again, there is this sealing of the Holy Spirit on the outside and a filling in the inside. The moment we give our life to Jesus, the moment we ask Jesus to come into your life is critical. So we have advantages now. So now he starts to talk about the advantages. And this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says, this is verse 12, John 16, verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. To who? To who? To us. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So we're talking about the spirit of truth, not a you know what, I'm not sure of this or that, but the Holy Spirit will lead us into truth. Who, who wants to believe, you know, hey, I, I want to tell you the truth, and there's a lie told, or there's a, a partial truth told. This is the spirit of truth. He will guide us into all truth. He will tell us of things to come and what's, what's coming ahead of us. Just say, thank you, Lord, for that. He will help us to glorify Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit will help us 
to exalt Jesus Christ. This is, what a bonus so that it's not just us uh, uh, exalting the Lord, but the Holy Spirit helping us to exalt the Lord in who we are and our daily life, not just on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning or when we would gather together to exalt the Lord, but we're talking about exalting the Lord in who we are daily, daily, every moment, he will help us to glorify Jesus Christ. And it says, and he takes of what is Jesus Christ and declares it to you. Hallelujah. So there is a, a speaking of the things of God into our life, a revealing of the things of God into our life. And there's the, the, the word of the Lord to us. And to know that we belong, one of the things that he would declare to us is the love of the Father to us. I don't know about you, if you've ever felt that at different points when you're kind of low or whatever, you suddenly just feel the love of God, and you just know the Lord God loves you so much. That's the Holy Spirit letting you know the love of God, the love of the Father to you. Or sometimes you might find that, oh, my goodness, I don't know if I'm going to make it through, and suddenly there's just a peace that comes over you. This is the Holy Spirit, the peace of the Holy Spirit coming upon you to help you through difficult times. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So the, this thing of the, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. When, I, when we eat and drink, and I mentioned this on Sunday, it's to get strength for the day. And, and so the kingdom of God is not us depending on our own strength, but rather it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So I want to talk about sec the, uh, the second thing here. It's a little bit out of order, but it ties in with John chapter 16. My advantage, the second part being the Holy Spirit and joy. It says, a little while and you will not see me. And again, I, a little while and you will see me because I go to the Father. So Jesus is speaking of what is coming, the fact that he would die he would be buried for three days, and he would be raised again. So a little while, and you will not see me, is I am going to die. And again, a little while, and you will see me. Don't worry, I'm going to be raised from the dead because I go to the Father. Because I will be going to the Father. So, And this is what happened, is, is Jesus, after, on the third day, he was raised from the dead, and he was on the planet for another 40 days after he ascended from uh, the grave. And uh, so during that 40-day uh, period, he was, he was with the disciples at varying points. Then, and we can read of a lot of the times that he was with uh, the disciples and, and ministered um, in the Gospels. And then he ascended to the Father. It says in verse uh, 17, Then some of his disciples said among themselves, What is this that he says to us, A little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. And because I go to the Father, they, they ask. And they said, therefore, what is this that he says a little while? What, we do not know what he is saying. Now, Jesus knew that they desired to ask him. And he said to them, are you inquiring about yourselves, about what I said? A little while, and you will not see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. Most assuredly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. That's what happened when Jesus died. The disciples, they lamented, they mourned. And the world, they rejoiced. And this, and even today, there's this, this mocking of Jesus and his, his death. And you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. Hallelujah. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. We just had this take place uh, a few weeks back as we became grandparents. And so we got that call we at around 11 o'clock on on the friday night uh, may 5th we got that call saying hey you know what i think this is it alicia was saying i th i think this is it and uh and then at uh, just around three o'clock little ophelia was born but the things that that alicia had to go through in uh childbirth it was it's painful so when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. 
So there's pain involved. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish, anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. It's like all the pain just, yeah, it may still be there, but there's such a joy in the fact that here is new life. There's another, there's a little human being that has been born into the world. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. Hallelujah. So this, I will see you again, it was not just after he died and he rose again, but even as he would leave this planet, he's saying, I'm coming back. I'm coming back for you. The Lord is coming back for us. And this is a bonus thing to know that the Lord is coming back for us, whether it's at the point of, of death or whether it's at the point of the trumpet sounding. And I truly believe that the majority of us here uh, will see the coming of the Lord. I truly believe that Jesus Christ is coming back for us, for all those that have uh, put their faith in Jesus and are born of God as they've received Christ. They have this hope the Lord is coming back for us to take us where he is. And it says, your heart will rejoice. We will rejoice. And we rejoice even in the hope that we have, even though it hasn't happened yet. We just say, Lord, come quickly. I look forward to your return. I think we all look forward to the return of the Lord in light of what, what's happening around us. And so there's a hope in the joy, knowing the reality of what is ahead of us, is that we will be with the Lord forever. No one will ever be able to take that joy from us, especially in eternity, because of the righteousness, because of righteousness in the Holy Spirit, and also because of the joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is not meat or eating and drinking. It is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Praise God. It says in uh, verse 23, John 16, verse 23, and in that day you will ask me nothing like you did now while I was with you. You, you were asking, while I was on the planet with you, you were asking me things. But you will... I, in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. So you're going to ask the Father in my name. Until, until now, you have asked nothing in my name because they would talk to him directly. Lord, what about this? What about that? And so here now, they're saying, you will ask in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. The Lord desires, God the Father desires to, to bless his children. Just like as flawed parents, our heart as flawed parents, Julie and I, is that there is a blessing on our children. How much more our Heavenly Father who desires to bless us. And he says, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One of the greatest things that we can ask for is the Holy Spirit without measure. It's one of the greatest things. So far, I'm just talking about the Spirit of God with measure. But to ask for the, the, the Spirit of God without measure. Hallelujah. This is what we, would, we need to ask the Lord for. In Ephesians 3.20, says, it says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. To do exceedingly abundantly above all that we may ask or think by the power that is within us, the Holy Spirit within us. Hallelujah. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. And the Lord is saying, hey, I want this for you. So part of it is to ask, start asking in Jesus' name. And even thinking, what are you asking of the Lord? What are you thinking when it comes to the Lord? It says here that your joy may be full. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Say, oh, man, the Lord is so good. The Lord is so good. 
Hallelujah. These things I have spoken to you in figurative language, but the time is coming when I will speak no longer, or I no longer will speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. So the Father loves us so much that he would be your Father. The, the moment you receive Christ is the moment you are born of God. This is what the Lord would say to us, or Jesus said, uh, or John writes in um, uh, John 1, verse 12. It says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the children of God, even to those that believe on his name. They're not born of flesh or the will of God or even by blood physically, but they are born of God when we receive Christ. It's so critical to have Jesus come into your life. For what is ahead of us, really, and with the power of the Holy Spirit within us, even as a new believer, it says in Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Do you know that before you were even born, we, before you were even uh, conceived, that God knew that you would already exist? And he already knew what he had for you. It says, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, to do amazing things, good things, according to God, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That should be part of our life, the things that God has for us. In Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, and I'm just talking about there being a surrender on our part of or to God, it says, I beseech you, therefore, Brethren, I beg of you, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. The least you can do is give your life over completely to God. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God has plans for you. And once again, the Holy Spirit is within you to be able to see that his plans are fulfilled in your life. If the Holy Spirit is not within you or we resist and grieve the Holy Spirit, the things that God has for us to be fulfilled will not be fulfilled. So part of it is I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit that is within me. Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. And that comes, the Holy Spirit comes in as we receive Christ into our life. Um, in verse 26, John 16, In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you because you have, you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. He completed his mission. He's going back to the Father. But he's saying, in that day you will ask in my name. The Holy Spirit. Another bonus and advantage is the fact that we have the love of the Father. As I just finished reading, God has some amazing things for you, but he loves you so much as a child of his. That's how, why it says, Father, we are born of God, not just physically, to be in this world, but we are born spiritually the moment we ask Jesus to come into our life. And so now, the moment, we, the moment we ask Christ in is the moment that we are born of God. And so we can call God our Father. We have a heavenly Father who loves us because for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. Hallelujah. His disciples said to him, See, now you are speaking plainly and using no figure of speech. Now we are sure that you know all things and have no need that anyone should question you. By this we believe that you came forth from God. And Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Indeed, the hour is coming, yes, has now come, that you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Praise God. So they were scattered. They, they ran, they, they 
God aways. They said they were going to stay with Jesus. Peter says, I'm, I'm going to fight for you, Jesus, and I'm gonna, I'll never leave you. And Jesus had said to him, he says, before the rooster crows three times or twice, you will have already denied me three times. Wow. And still the Lord loved Peter. Verse 33, John 16, 33. And this is the third advantage. My advantage, the Holy Spirit and peace. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. So this thing of having victory, what an advantage that we have with the Holy Spirit is to have a peace. I thank God. When we see all the things going on around us, we just wonder how are we going to make it through? Is, are we going to make it through? This world is a terrible place, etc. It's so dark, etc. And it's just like, thank you, Lord, for your peace. Your peace that is within me, that keeps me. When I look with human eyes and I would focus on the negatives, I, I would get to a place eventually of being overwhelmed by all the negative and all the darkness and the enemies doing this, et cetera, et cetera. And you get overwhelmed because you're looking at the wrong thing. When we look to Jesus... And we recognize the Spirit of God is within us. The Spirit of God is within us. We can have peace, and we have peace. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but is righteousness, joy, and peace, or righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so we have a peace that, that in this world, it says you will, you will have tribulation. In this world, we will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. As he's overcome, so we also uh, can overcome. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I just want you to know um, there is another level. And I, I'm just I'm going to allude to this quickly. Um, as I said, I would. Um, this is how we can. This is how we, we go through life with a measure of the Spirit of God, a portion of the Spirit of God within us. But Jesus said that there would be, well, John the Baptist first said, he says, Jesus, or I indeed baptized or baptize you with water, saying to the crowds, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. It is Jesus, the one that saves you, that desires for you to have the promise of the Father to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That we are in the Holy Spirit rather than the Spirit, just the Spirit of God being in us as a measure of the Spirit here now is we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. And now, truly, see, rivers. It says rivers of living water flowing from us. And I demonstrated this. And don't worry, we've got a concrete floor underneath. But there's always, the river never ends. Rivers of living water flowing from us. There's never a depleting of the Holy Spirit when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And this is where the Lord would say, I want you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Not just to have the Holy Spirit with measure, but to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. What another level. And I, I look over my life. I haven't arrived yet. I haven't arrived yet. But at 14 years of age, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And there was such uh, a taking off in my life. And I look back over the, the more than 40 years now, over 45 years since I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I just say, thank you, Lord, for all that that you have done in my life, in my life and through my life to minister to others. Because I'll tell you right now, uh, I could do a lot of things 
on my own or even with the Holy Spirit, I can do a lot of things with the Holy Spirit within me. But when it comes to rivers of living water flowing from me, what it, it's another thing altogether as life is flowing from me and it's not being depleted. It's not being depleted. The Holy Spirit isn't being depleted in our life, but rather there is this flow from within because we are surrounded. We are baptized into the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. I want to encourage you, if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't limit the Holy Spirit. Don't hinder the Spirit. Move in the power of the Holy Spirit. If you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you are a believer. You've given your life. The Holy Spirit is within you. But seek, go to Jesus. He's the one that baptizes in the Holy Spirit. He's the one that saved you according to his work and, and the work uh, on the cross and the Holy Spirit as you received Christ came into your life. But he desires to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. He wants us to be immersed and move in the power of the Holy Spirit just like he did. And you will recognize, and this is what I've come to recognize, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was not so much for me as it was for others. It was for the sake of others. And so I can, even with the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I can grieve the Holy Spirit by just, it's almost like, hey, I want to I get out from, from all that the Lord would have me do or whatever, or I can just resist the Holy Spirit, say, no, 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 that's not happening. And so we get out of that place of moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. So that we would remain in that place. I want to I want to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's just like me, me at this point would be like Jesus saying, I'm putting you in the Holy Spirit. I'm putting you in. I'm baptizing you in the Holy Spirit. Seek Jesus to give you the promise of the Father. What is the promise of the Father? Is the Holy Spirit without measure like this. So we go to Jesus, who is in Acts chapter 2, verse 33. I'll just, I'm just going to read this. Um, there's this pouring out into our life. He says, um, sorry, let me get my wet fingers here. It says in uh, verse 33, and this is after the, the Holy Spirit uh, fell on them. They were baptized into the, into the Holy Spirit. And it said, uh, Peter is talking. He's saying, therefore, or this Jesus God has raised up of which we are all witnesses. We know it just happened. It just happened 50 years or 50 days ago uh, that Jesus died on the cross and he was raised again. He was raised to life. So this Jesus, God has raised them up, of which we are all witnesses. It just happened. We know it. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, where is Jesus? He's on the right hand of God. And having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. The promise of the Father being poured out on those 120. And as a result, this is what I'm saying, it is meant for others, it's the sake for the sake of others, and it said, it says, um, that day. Verse forty-one. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about three thousand souls were added to them. Praise the Lord! And it goes on to say in in verse forty-seven, it says that they they stayed together. They were breaking bread together. They are in the temple. They are in one accord. They are going from house to house. They, are, they ate their food, gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having f favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Daily. There was an adding. People were getting saved every single day as a result of the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, are you afraid of the Father? 
Are you afraid of Jesus Christ to baptize you? There's a lot of people that, that for whatever reason, I don't want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You would not be afraid of the Father. You would not be afraid of Jesus Christ to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. It is a good thing. It is a great thing for, for you to be a part of what the Lord wants to do through you and also for those that don't know Christ or even those within the church to minister within the church with, to brothers and sisters, but also to those that don't know Christ. Hallelujah. Can we stand together? All of this only possible if we are children of God. We need to give our life to Jesus Christ. We need to allow him to come into our life. And so tonight, I just I want to pray that, and that prayer. And maybe you have walked away. Maybe you are distant, or maybe you are you need to come back to the Lord. Maybe you are uh, in a place you recognize, I'm not where I should be. And uh, there's a conviction of the Holy Spirit uh, coming into your life, and you recognize, this is God convicting me. I need to get things right. And even as you would confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins, to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And even as you would confess and believe that Jesus went to the cross and he died for you and he rose again, even as you would confess and believe that with your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. And even as you would receive Christ into your life, you will be born of God. And you are, have the opportunity even to be filled. You will be filled. You will have the a portion, a measure of the Spirit, but that you say, Lord, I want the Holy Spirit without measure in my life to minister to others. So, Lord, we just come to you at this time, wherever we may be. Lord, whether we are perhaps resisting as a believer, we have given our life to you, we believe in you. Lord, we are resisting you to baptize us in, your, in the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that there would be a removing of that, that resistance, why, whatever the reason why it is, Lord, that we would just be open to receive the baptism, to totally give ourselves over to you, to say, yes, Jesus, baptize me in your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for those that may have wandered away Lord, those that, are, that need to return to you, Lord, that they would just say, Lord, forgive me of, of my selfishness to say I'm doing things my own way. And Lord, without you, it is not a good thing. Lord, that there would be a coming back to you. Lord, that there would be a turning, a repenting of sin. And Lord, that there would be a turning to you. And there would be a believing in you, a trusting in you. And, Lord, we just thank you that you forgive because you love us. You forgive. Lord, you died for us because you love us so that we can be made right, righteous in the Father's eyes, to be made right. And you wash away, even as we say, Lord, I'm a sinner, you wash away all of our sins. And, Lord, we thank you for the right standing that we have in you. Lord, we just thank you that your that your righteousness is imputed upon us. And Lord, there is a peace that floods our soul and there is a joy that just comes over us. Lord, we don't have to worry about anything. Hallelujah. By your spirit. It's not by our effort. It's not by eating or drinking or what we can do, but it is righteousness. The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And we say thank you for that. Lord, we pray for an outpouring on every single one and infilling and just, Lord, to be baptized into the Holy Spirit. Jesus, that there will be a coming to you. There will be a surrender to you. There will be a yielding to you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and with power. That you, the fire of, your, of the Spirit would consume the things that don't belong. And, Lord, there would be life that would come, Lord, in us. And, Lord, that life would flow from us beautifully and powerfully to minister to those that need life, that need to have you in their lives, Lord. 
that we could be witnesses unto you wherever we may be, Lord, right till the end of the age, right until your coming, Lord. Let us be those witnesses. And so I pray that for each and every one here, Lord, those that aren't here, Lord, I pray that there would be an outpouring of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, there would be just a surrender to you, Jesus. And Lord, I pray that there will be such life that would come. Lord, let there be life that would come uh, for those that don't have it. As your spirit flows from us, Lord, as we, we share the seed of the gospel in them, Lord, and they just receive that seed and life begins to grow in them as it's germinated by the waters, the rivers of living water. I just thank you. Let it be in Jesus' name. Pray blessing on each and every one. You're an amazing God. We thank you for uh, uh, who we are in you, Jesus, that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. And we thank you that you are, God, you are our Father, our Heavenly Father. We thank you so much for your tremendous love for us and for sending your Son and giving us the Holy Spirit. We just thank you and we praise you. You're an amazing God. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.